hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. I'm going to ask you this question. Does marketing scare the bejesus out of you? I tell you what, it scared me for so long. And I still don't think I'm great at it, but it was one of those things that I put off and put off and put off and could never get my head around and master. But today I've got a guest, Carmel Murphy, who is the communication queen, and she is going to talk to us about marketing and talk to us about doing videos and how we can get our message out there a little bit better and overcome this uh, imposter syndrome we have around marketing. So let me tell you about it. Carmel Murphy is the communication queen and is known for being an out-of-the-box thinker and an expert in human behavior, marketing and business strategies. She wholeheartedly knows that in marketing, it is vital to get the right message to the right person at the right time. Her passion for people, curiosity, know-how, business acumen and background have come together to develop unique programs around marketing, copywriting and videos designed to create higher conversion and increase sales and profit in business. Carmel is the host of the YouTube series For Feck's Sake, Marketing Adventures with Carmel and also coordinates, hosts, and delivers membership programs, workshops, and events to teach business owners how to build and market a sustainable business. She is a staunch believer that the power of copy, video, and clever marketing strategies will monetize your message sooner. She is also Irish and has a wicked sense of humor. Welcome, Carmel. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. It's um, I love chatting with you. Maybe it's your Irish accent. I'm always expecting jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I brought any, but let's see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to have to tune into your accent now because. <laughs> and I've been in Australia for 32 years. And I still you? talk like this. Yeah. Well, no, good, because when you get on stage to do stand-up, everyone loves the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> but anyway, let's, yes. let's crack on with this because I, I love what you do and I love um, working with you. You know, you've just got this... You've just got this knack of just uh, knowing exactly what's needed, exactly what to say. You know, you just you just switched on, and I absolutely love it. You just, you, you're fantastic. But no, there's no buts. This is just great. So, <laughs> so you're the self-professed communication queen, and I absolutely love that. But before that, what were you doing? Like, how did how did you lead your life? How did your life lead you to become the communication queen? <laughs> uh gosh what was I well back in Ireland one day no I am from Ireland as you say but I'm the youngest of five daughters in a little small two-bedroom house in a town, seaside town in Ireland but for most of my life I started working in hotels in the local hotel when I was in Ireland and um I always no matter what other job I took throughout my life I always had hospitality in the background so when I came to Australia that's more or less what I did. Um, I did have a brief stint in a Toyota factory for a while making cars, but I was still working in a pub at night. So I was always into, and in hindsight, I'm looking back now, it's like because I was a people person, I literally got invigorated by being around people, although I didn't exactly know or identify that. So when I came to Australia, it was an easy transition. And when I was in Australia, then I built up to management and upper management. I became a trainer. But I also found when I came to Australia first, even though I speak the same language, 
one of the big barriers where I'd say certain things and people had no idea what I was talking about. Um, and it's not just my accent, it was the words and the sayings. So communication was always kind of there. And as I grew and um, got more and more qualifications, I actually became a trainer for hospitality because I was so passionate about the managers were getting upset about this, and the staff were getting upset about this. If they could all just communicate, for God's sake. <laughs> and that's when, in hindsight, that's how it kind of was born. But the actual name, the communication queen, came out of, I went into... Um, hospitality recruitment because I'm still hospitality and I came to a point where it's like I don't want to do this anymore what can I do and I didn't know my kids had grown up I was like well and so I said well I love working with people so I stumbled across coaching so that was where I started to study um coaching and I had a deep coaching session with a really experienced coach and we had a visualization and all this and that's how the name the communication queen was born because during that session, it's like, what are you passionate about? And it's like, I'm passionate about getting people to be able to communicate in a way that it's effective, that they know what it is. Because the biggest illusion is in communication is that it's occurred. <laughs> because I told you, I told you, what do you mean you told me? Um, because they don't have the ears to listen to it. So that's how it was kind of born. And at that time, I left that hospitality job after a few years with the intention of going into hospitality and teaching all this leadership and team building, which I did for a while, but, and I ran so many workshops on it. The truth is a few things. Number one, I actually wasn't able to market myself, although I didn't really realize it at that stage. And number two, because I couldn't do that, then I wasn't getting people that wanted to pay me to do it. So I had to go back and get a job. So I've done that seesaw for many years, but that's kind of how the short story of how the communication was formed. <laughs> I love it. And that is a big problem, isn't it? Getting in front of people. Like that's a getting your message right and getting it yeah. in, in front of people. And yeah. And you know, in this time at the moment when you know social media and there's all these bits of information coming everywhere, the, the getting in front of isn't the biggest problem. It's getting in front of the people that you can communicate what it is that they need to hear so they know you're the right person to help them. Yeah. Like there's lots of coaches, there's lots of businesses, there's lots of consultants out there. But what makes one different than the other? And most of it is just their ability to market themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. I love it. When you, you know, you, you um, a single mum, like at what point did you become a single mum and how did that impact your business? Well, at that stage, um, I was still working full time. So that was, gosh, a good few years ago. And Again, it's really easy to reflect on it and see the lessons, but at the time I didn't. So I split from my ex-husband. I was a single mom, three kids, um, a teenager, and down to a six, five, six or seven-year-old, my youngest. And I, I was in fear. That's the only way to describe it, absolute fear. Um, I actually, in desperation, we lived in South Australia. So I've lived in Victoria then in country Victoria, and then in South Australia and Perth. So we were in South Australia at the time and things got that bad. I actually, it sounds dreadful now, but it was obviously desperation. So we lived upstairs in a pub. And I remember my ex-husband going away for the weekend. He went to Melbourne Cup or something like that. I packed two of my children. My eldest daughter had gone back to Ireland for a while. I literally, when I closed the pub, I went upstairs and I'd take a couple of bags and I'd bring them down the stairs and I'd walk right through the pub and I packed them in my car and I'd do that trip about 10 times. And then at the very last thing was I brought my two children down. I packed what I could in the car and I drove from South Australia to Perth. That was wow. <laughs> pure and utter desperation. But drive across the Nullarbor, no air conditioning in the car in November. So in the height of our summer <clears throat> with two children, that not long before had had their measles and mumps injections. So they were intermittently running fevers and pure desperation. I drove to Perth because I had a sister here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the impact of that was, of course, I came here. I didn't know anyone except for my sister <clears throat> and a few friends. 
So I worked in hospitality in whatever I could take. Uh, myself and my ex-husband actually got back together. He came to Perth for a little while, which is always a mistake. You know, you leave for a reason, but we do that. <laughs> um, and I think it was 12 or 18 months after that, we finished for final. But I remember having a job, a couple of different jobs. Again, in hindsight, I would not tolerate what I tolerated from those bosses mm. now. But I was a desperate woman that needed a roof over my children's head. Yeah. Because, and look, I don't have any, actually, my ex-husband has since passed away. I don't have any animosity to my ex-husband. We were the people we were and all of that sort of stuff. But financially, he he couldn't sustain or support us. Mm. So it was a real struggle. And whether it was a struggle or not, it's funny. It's your perceived struggle. So therefore, and yet I was a smoker. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what I always say to people your values are your values to me smoking at the time was my crutch mm. I didn't drink I didn't whatever blah 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 and then I went and I did drink for a while um but hindsight is 2020 vision you can't see it when you're going through it I certainly worked for one man who um liked a few few more of these than he should <laughs> um he used to sack me every three or four months and I'd be at home, I'd get a phone call. Are you coming in to work today? Oh, you sacked me the other night. Oh, uh, did I? Right. Um, but that was high stress and high tension. Yeah. To, to accept that, I suppose really we'd call it abuse almost yeah. from that person. Um, but I thought there was no other way out. Wow. Wow. Did you get back on your feet like with moving over to the communication stuff and the training were you trying to train people with three little kids so I actually studied to become a trainer so I got a job in the um casino area here yeah and part of the deal I struck was right I'll run your Irish bar for you but um you'll pay for my certificate for in workplace training and assessment was actually what it was so I did that over 18 months. And I always remember we think about defining moments, going down to the human resources guy and go, right, I've done my training. During that time, the casino here actually rebranded. So while I worked there, I helped, I think, up to a thousand people that we had all the staff come in and we had to educate them on the rebranding and, you know, yeah. get it all, that's blah, blah. So myself and a couple of other trainers did that. So I was really getting into it. So I went down to this guy and I went, okay. I've trained as a trainer now. Where can I go? It's been complex. Surely there's something. And I always remember the words. He said, can I speak off the record? And I went, yeah, sure. He said, you're too good at what you do. They'll never give you a job as a trainer. Oh, wow. And um, so I was too good as an Irish bar manager. And I remember going away and thought about it in my head. And I went, well, they've actually just shot themselves in the foot. Because when I leave, they still won't have the Irish bar manager. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, it was one of the first times I left a job without knowing where I was going. Yeah. So something changed in me around that time that I went, nah, no more. Yeah. And that was more of the transition. Then I went into the um, recruitment, but part of the recruitment was we had temporary staff. So we, it was a boom time in Perth at the time. So we had 450 temp staff that we were putting out to any venue so I would train them but I was also the person they would all send out to get the contracts because of my communication skills so I would train some of our managers but more our staff how to make sure that when they arrived they represented us really well yeah and um, yeah so so then I started running workshops for because I had been in the bells of every hotel and restaurant in Perth <laughs> City so I got lots of people at the workshops but my Two things. Number one, I didn't always get the decision makers. They just threw their staff or their managers to wherever. But also my inability to market the benefits of what I could do mm. fell really flat. So I was out of pocket because I was paying for mm. venues and in the city and showing up in my heels and my little jacket and doing all this and doing the do. But I actually financially couldn't do it. And that was a big kick in the guts to have to make the decision, well, actually, I have to go back to work. Mm. And I think a lot of businesses do that. Yeah. Yeah. So when when did you decide, you know, okay, 
I, I get it now. It's about my marketing. You know, I really do have a lot to offer and, and yeah. I've got to get my marketing right. What was the catalyst that made you say? I don't think that I realised that that was the issue, but um, it was around the time um, I worked for a restaurant chain where I looked after three states and blah, blah, blah. I was all around Australia. And I always, another defining moment was I was in South Australia. So my sister here in Perth had been ill. She'd had a heart operation. Then she was going to get some checks. She wasn't breathing properly. And I always remember getting the phone call in Adelaide when she told me that um, they had done all the tests and discovered she had stage four cancer. Mm, yeah. And in that moment, I literally said to myself, I will never be in another state for somebody to ring me and tell me that she's dead. Yeah. It was, it was that simple. Um, and something changed in me, although, you know, it takes a little while. But within three or four months, maybe six months, I had resigned from my job. I had decided something's got to change. So I uh, have all this knowledge. I have all this stuff. I've done all these courses and certificates. Surely I could do something with it. So I went and touched base with a mentor that I had touched base with many years ago. I went, I'm serious about this shit. Something's got to change. So I did some casual work in the 15 months while my sister was ill because I wanted to be there as much as I could. But in the background, I was talking to this mentor all the time. And it was then I discovered through his poking and prodding that it was my marketing that was lacking. He said, you know, you have qualifications up and down both arms, but you you can't communicate, communication group, <laughs> to the person that you need to, aka your avatar, ideal client, whatever word you want to put on it. So we started working on that. So that was when I identified it. I didn't know what it was. I just know there was something not right. And um, obviously my sister passed away then. So my sister passed away. It will be five years now in December of this year. Yeah. And since then, I, so I've never, you know, I've gone, I went back a little bit and went, okay, I need to get some cash to do this. And I've done that. But now I'm full time in my business. I teach other people how to market their business because it was such a big thing for me. And really getting so clear on the right message to the right person at the right time. And we can only ever control two of those. The timing is something that when it comes around, it could come around when the time's right for them. But if we're not talking the message that we need to, they're never going to hear us. Mm. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the big, I suppose, that's six and a half, seven years ago. Then I went, oh, it's my marketing. <laughs> but it's hard, isn't it? Because, you, you know, unless you actually can put your finger on that thing that's missing, it's, it's very hard to just, you know, in hindsight, we look at things and we say, oh, that was so obvious. Yes. In the moment, none of us are very good at just saying, yes, I, I've, I've looked through this, I've analysed it, and I know exactly what it is. You know, none yeah. of us, we usually need somebody external to say, well, you've got We do. And because what happens is that we quite often <clears throat> consume our own message. So we get so insular. And we go, oh, I, I love to hear this because that's that's what would help me. But hang on, that may be not what would help them. And we have to really look at the language, even though it may be the same thing underneath, it's the language they're using around it yes. so that you can actually talk to them in their language. And, and I think in hindsight, again, that's why when I did the coaching, I went and I went, oh, okay, let me do the NLP. Then I did behavioral profiling. Then I did spiral dynamics. Like when I look back on it now, it was all different ways of how people communicate yeah. and how I could get inside their head. And that I've been like that since a three-year-old. I used to take the arms and legs off the dolls, <laughs> not to break the dolls. I wanted to know how they worked inside. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a crochet hook is really good to get the elastic band back into. <laughs> I discovered that because I have an insatiable curiosity and I think I died it down for a while when when you have kids and that sort of thing um especially in Ireland I'm not saying it's not anywhere else you're very much taught you take second place and everything else has to be first so I took on the burden of responsibility that I was handed my dad showed us very well how to do that um so that curiosity wasn't allowed to come out. 
she used to pop her head sometimes, but I have an insatiable curiosity mm. and especially how people think and communicate. Yeah, oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. When you when you um, did decide to go out and do it, you know, and you said, okay, I know what the gap is. Your mentor said, you know, yeah. you have to communicate, you do communication, you have to get your marketing right, blah, blah, blah. So when you said, ah, I've got it, okay, let's get this right, and then you started to take, you know, you injected it into the marketplace, what, what setbacks did you have? Did you? It, it wouldn't have been oh, a gosh. smooth run because nobody has a smooth run. It's it's kind of sold as a smooth one very often. Ah, a million percent. It's sold like this, but what it truly is, it's like and round and round in circles. And look, there has been, I used to call it um failing forward, and they were called no, it's adventuring forward. So somewhere, and and I really do attribute this to my sister. So when my sister passed away, like there was a whole lot of stuff around we had gone to Ireland so she could say goodbye to our parents all of this so when she passed away my dad died within six weeks wow absolute broken heart there's no two ways about it so we're here in Australia it's like we're going to Ireland we're back mother's nearly dying now she's okay now sister has died daddy's died it's like a mother is 90 next we better go back for that and then mom passed away within 12 months too and I don't say that as in, oh, you poor thing, but it's like there was a lot going on, but something in there in me broke is the best way to, to say it. And I don't mean broke as in I'm broken, I need to be repaired. Something shifted drastically. Yeah. And to put it in an Irish way, I decided I couldn't give an F-U-C-K anymore <laughs> in terms of what people thought about me. So as Naturally, as human beings, we position ourselves to be liked because that's how we survived. And I was always, you know, the flamboyant ta-da, and positioning to be liked underneath it. I always wanted people to like me. If you look back at hospitality, everything, it was all positioning to work with people. But something in me shifted and I went, I don't care what people think about me anymore. I'm going to do what I can do to make a difference with the people who need me to help them. And I don't give a shit what gets in my way. So if I had to face plant on the way and stuff it up, then I was prepared to do that. So there was a lot of setbacks, but I was happy to do the face planting. I would happy to jump off the side of the building and then go, shit, I should have had a parachute on there. <laughs> because I knew with the mentor I had, for example, and even he said to me at one stage, he said, something's changed. The trust deepened. I knew he had my back in terms of his advice would always be um, in my best interest. Mm. So I fell forward. I just kept adventuring and say, what worked? And then I go, whoa, that didn't work. I started running um, I was part of a coaching school, so I used to run webinars for them. I used to mentor their students. But then in Perth, I used to run like a connecting place for coaches if you like I started putting in topics no 100% idea whether people wanted them or not but I was testing how many people did I get in the room for that topic how many in that I think it's this topic let me see if it works I literally went down if I got 10 in a room or if I got 30 in a room if I got 100 in a virtual room I was testing I was saying this is what I think it is let me see if that is it yeah. Does that answer you? And I stuffed up so many times. Yeah. So many times. It's not funny. And every time, even now, um, I did a workshop on Saturday, a video workshop on Saturday. My hands go cold. All the blood leaves my hands. My hands go cold every time I'm presenting. It still happens, even though I know the content, because it's important. If I can help one person get unstuck, in that marketing business, well, then that's cool for me. Yep, I, 100%. And I think you, one thing you're saying in there that's really important is saying, you know, the willingness to fall flat on your face, you yes. know, and I think that yes. we fear falling, but what we yes. should be focusing on is, well, how many times do I get back up? You know, a, yes. am I able to get back up when I fall? Because million percent. As an, as an entrepreneur, we're going to fall and fall and fall and we're going to test things and they're going to be shitty. Yeah. Some things are going to be great. You know, some things I find myself, things that I think are great, you know, they don't always grab, do you know, and then no. 
something that I think is like, oh, who cares about that? People are like, oh, you should do that. You should do that. It's like, okay, really? And like, sometimes that's because that becomes such an unconscious competence for you. You're so used to it. It's like, yeah. oh, what are you talking about? They go, oh, my God, I never heard that. That's great. And you're like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is i mean like i was saying to you you know a few weeks ago this team building you know i've done years of team building and i kind of put it aside but now everybody's saying to me you know yeah. oh, do you do team building and, and i'm like where is it i don't know where this has just sort of suddenly yeah. come up from but uh, i'm gonna go with it because i am bloody good at it so i'm just gonna yeah. just gonna go with it and 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 like you say the, the the end result is how many people does that help do you know, and if yeah. it helps people, then you should do it. You talked in there. Uh, look, there's so much you've said. You know, no, I get this bit about your your sister dying. You know, I lost mine too, and it. it I, I think unless you've been there, you don't realize how much of a catalyst that is. You know, to to really put a rocket under your bum and say, you know, that that's it. Something's got to give. You know, yes. life's too short, and I, I think that we forget that life is too short until something like that happens. You know, and we just sit around, you know, making excuses and saying, yeah, but what if people don't like me? Oh, what if I fail? You know, it's not until we really feel some kick in the guts that really, really hurts that we start to think, you know what, life's too short for this. You know, I'm Mm. going to leave a legacy and I'm going to make an impact. And yeah, it's it's hard, but you've got to take the goodness out of it and say, well, you know, I'm glad it's happened. I'm not glad it's happened, but since it's happened, I'm going to make the most of mm-hmm. it and I'm going to improve life for everybody, you know, yeah. as, as a result. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I often say that the biggest, one of the biggest gifts my sister gave me was to actually pass away and leave me that legacy, give me that kick, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you're so right that our little family unit had never been hit so hard either. Yeah. So it was a whole, and nobody gives you, although there are books on it, but nobody can give you the handbook for you. Yeah. And it's just a whole process, but it has certainly cracked me open in a way that I could never go back to the old shell. And that's what it was. I had a shell or a mask up around me where everything was okay. And one negative thing um, in one way that hospitality has taught me, I suppose, was I had the habit of always disassociating. Because yeah. you go into hospitality and you go, oh, well, leave your troubles at the door. You have to show up and put a smile on your face. But it had ingrained in me as a habit mm. rather than a tool I can use. So I can actually use that as a tool now because I can be very unemotionally invested in something yeah. to analyze it. Whereas before, that's what that's where I was living, unemotionally uninvested in everything so that I could survive yeah and a lot of people and that's do. a big shift yeah, yeah and a lot of people do that and, and like you say it's a it's a tool isn't it if you can use that tool properly I've been using that tool since I was 15 because of being on stage as a muso do you know you know I'm being able yeah to just yeah yeah, yeah. At the side of the stage then pick it back up again and boy have I picked it back up again you know people have copped it straight <laughs> after my gigs but you know but it's, it's about using it you you talked before about videos and you know you you running video workshops and you're you you're big on videos you know so yes. why what, what what do you think it is about videos that really build up your business or build up your marketing and really get the message out there a lot punchier well it, it's very instant first and foremost as i mentioned earlier there's a lot of um people vying for your attention so it's like what's going to stop and grab them and you'll see a lot of people talk about do Facebook lives or do this, that, the other. And some people just don't want it. If they're completely introverted, just for example, yeah. that they don't want to, or they they say they put it on the long finger because they have to get their makeup on, they have to do whatever. But if you look at any of the big boys, any of the big experts in any field right now, what are they doing? They're communicating everything through video. So you've heard the saying, a picture tells a thousand words. Well, a video kind of tells 10,000 pictures. So think about a movie, any ad or anything. You're able to put yourself into their place. Why do we weep at a video or something? Why do we get upset at it? Because there's so much going on. So, you know, we're visually orientated um, by nature, predominantly. 
contrast is a great way and it can be done so easily in an image. So, you know, say the diet profession, the before and after, or the guy that was hair loss before and after. And to bring somebody on a little story, put the emotion in and bring them on an emotional story, you can talk that, but people are time poor. So if they can see it in a quick video. So some of the videos we've been focusing on specifically are those direct marketing, direct response marketing videos. So you don't want to do a Facebook Live, you don't want to do anything like that, but you want to get your name out. So do a 30 to 90 second video and they can be done. Quite often what people forget is to script them. Mm. And that's what I find. And it's two different parts of your brain to kind of try and write a script and try and put a thing together. So that's like on the weekend, we gave the guys a script and said, let's just get you doing the technical stuff. Because once you have a little bit of a script, then that's the story. You're going to put images into it and you can tell a really impactful story in 30 to 90 seconds that talks directly to your ideal client and gets them to know she gets me, she understands me, she's the person. And if if professional marketers and the big movers and shakers of business are using even more and more video, well, there's something to be had in that. And a lot of analysts, I've, done, I've got a lot of stats on it, and I think it's um, 89% of professional marketers actually say that video alone has put and um, caused more sales, more brand awareness than anything else they've ever used. Yeah. So again, hopping on that, hang on. Well, okay, if video is used, it's easy to find out that that's the case. But you get a lot of people that are going, but I don't know how to make it. I'm not tech savvy, blah, blah, blah. Because that was me. I was never tech savvy. Now I spent this morning <laughs> uploading all the recordings from the video workshop into the back end of our members page on the website. Me, I couldn't hardly use a computer 10 or 15 <laughs> years ago. You know, um, it was it's just ridiculous. But we have found, for example, one of the things we teach is a really simple software that it's you can actually do almost a click and go with a few tweaks. You yeah. can with one button, you can put your script in, one button, and you have the whole framework. Like, it's made so easy. Yes, you can go further with it. Yes, you can be more technical with it. But in absence of you being that technical, let's get started. Don't wait. And mm. you know, and I know we're getting on a little bit. I don't feel older at like that. I don't mean that. But if you look back at like we would still remember the old phone and <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Like things are moving so fast technologically. If you don't keep up, the result is in business in particular, you will fall fall down somewhere if you don't keep up in some way. So that's probably, I'm quite passionate about it going, it's not as hard as you think. Come here and I'll show you. <laughs> and, it is, and you're absolutely right. And it's not as hard as you think. In fact, nothing is. You know, we're like, we've got very scared of computers and very scared of what we're going to yeah. build. And But you can't, you can't bugger it up. You know, you just no. give it a go. And if you don't like that, just click undo or delete and just, you know, don't worry about it. But, but yeah. you're right. The, the videos that come out are just... From from what you're saying, you know, just click and go, just click and drag, and off you go. They, yeah. they are so impactful and so powerful, and we should be using them yeah. a lot more. And I yeah. I say that, and yet you know, I, I keep saying every weekend, oh, I've got to make a video, and yet I don't. I'm a bugger, it, I'll mow the lawn. <laughs> but you know what? But but isn't that it? Because even though you know and you're able to make a video, there's still that putting it off kind of thing. So you know, and some people have said that to me. So I've I've made some videos for other people because I get immersed in it and I just see the little story and the images that you can get with it it's ah it's just mind-blowing but people I was the same I cried over my keyboard for 26 hours I have not caught you the first time my mentor actually sent me a task to make a video now we had gone out we had done some filming I was all posh with my little video camera and all of this and I thought oh we're in the city we had our microphones oh everything and then he said now take it off the disc and go make a video out of it splice it and dice it make a 90 second video holy guacamole and he had shown me but I was using the big boy I was using Camtasia like the big video editor and I knew they had shown me a bit of it but you know if you don't use it straight away then you go away and you go where do I start and tracks were here and music was there. I cried, but I something in me then, I suppose, fell away again and went, 
if somebody else can do this, so can I. So I just need to persevere past this. I can't do it. Old bullshit. I'm telling myself. Yeah. And I did. And now my my record for making a video is ten minutes. Ah, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I can it's make improved. them. I can make them. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, you can, and you don't. And imagine somebody who doesn't even have the skill to make them. They delay them even longer. Yeah, yeah. They're, no, I think they're incredibly powerful. You know, I've put a few up and they just, you know, they just go like rockets. You know, everyone yeah. loves them. When you talk about, you know, doing it for your ideal client, a lot of people say, oh, I, I don't know who my ideal client is. How do I find my ideal client? You know? Oh, gosh. My favourite topic. <laughs> but I serve everybody. You know, yeah. I want everybody to have this. That's what I call the, yeah, the spray and pray marketing is um, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was guilty of that for a long time, you know, and I still have trouble because I have several different hats, you know, and it's kind of like. I think we had a talk about that a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've still got several different hats. Well, the illusion is that you can have more than one ideal client. We don't have to just have one. Yeah. But my, my, when I'm talking to people is, well, let's start with one. Let's get really clear on who that one is. Yeah. And sometimes they merge over into each other and that's fine. Yeah. But if you don't know who one is and don't have some core messages that you're talking to. So my ideal client's a woman. Yeah. I still presented a video workshop to 50 men. Like, I mean, why? Because my message was right. I wasn't going to say, no, you're not my ideal client. Yeah. So my message was right. They needed somebody to teach video. But I wasn't talking to them from my head, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. I was just talking to who somebody who needed a video. Yeah. So the big illusion is that if we look for one person, that we will, you know, absolutely knock everyone else off. That's not the truth. Because if one person has a set of five to ten different problems, somebody else will have two of them, somebody else will have one of them, somebody else, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the people will still hear you. I quite often use, and I know we're on a podcast, but I'm showing a highlighter. I quite often use a highlighter and go, if I'm Carmel the highlighter lady, and I'm telling you about the benefits of highlighter and how many different colors of highlighters, blah, 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 blah. When you're ready for a highlighter, you're going to remember Carmel the highlighter lady. Yeah. <laughs> I love you it. Know? So it's it, But it's that clear when you're talking about your message and it's on point. The right person will hear you, but other people will hear you when the time is right for them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's vital. My my biggest advice for anyone thinking about doing their ideal client is to start a word document, and just keep putting in there sentences that you see that people say, and you go, ah, oh, that's what I help people with, and start building up and make it a working document. Yeah. Great resource there is. Um, like in Facebook groups, for example, or in LinkedIn or Reddit is yeah. another one. Yeah. And Answer the Public is another one. Oh. Or you can type in a topic and it'll tell you what people are asking around that topic on Google. Oh. Then you can be, yeah, you can be the answerer of the questions. That's very politically correct how I said that. <laughs> Yeah, the answerer of the question. See, my communication is amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I do have my um, ideal client, Dan, up on the wall over there. So, yeah, awesome. he's beautiful. He's very colourful and he's got love hearts around him as well because I, oh, right. I only want to work with people, but that doesn't mean I exclude people, but people who are coming from the heart. Do you, you know, so yeah. that's, that's yeah. I really try to attract that. But And I actually yeah. do pretty pretty much Pretty much always. Yeah. Amazing. So anyway, so tell us what is, what's the biggest mistake you see people make when they're trying to promote their business? Uh, which one do I go with? Um, well, spray and pray marketing is probably the biggest one yeah. where they are, they're doing the do, like they're working. They're, you know, I have a few tools I use, which I'm sure you use some, like I use, you know, Airtable and Asana and you have all your Zooms and all this. So they're working hard. They're doing this head down, ass up. But what they're do, trying to do is hit everybody. They're just going, if I put the message out enough, and I've heard one person in particular say, don't, don't worry about who your ideal client is. Just keep spraying and spraying and spraying and eventually it'll stick. And I go, yeah, that's okay. But I'd be pretty exhausted by the end of that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one biggest thing is literally spraying and praying and, and being inconsistent. 
Mm. with their message as well like you know they'll put a post up whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn I'm not advocating which it is you you know where your ideal client is most choose one and really build it there but wherever that is if you decide to put a post up Monday and then you don't put another one up for two weeks well you know they're not really going to get to know like and trust you very easily because you're not being consistent and you're not showing up consistent with the same message so if I start talking about video and the next thing you know I'm out there and I'm telling you how to freaking change a light bulb you're going to go what the hell if it's not a video light I don't want to know about it what's that got to do with it (laughs) so definitely spray and pray marketing because they burn out and they get exhausted and they just can't keep doing it and look I did this myself in the early stages I wasn't making money. I was teaching other coaches how to be coaches, but I couldn't tell anyone that I wasn't making any money because I had this big, oh my God, they're going to think I can't do it. And now why should I tell them? So people aren't doing that. And then they slink off. And you'll notice a lot of people maybe, um, I know when I started my coaching, if I was to look at who you still see around the traps now that would have learned around the same time, they're all gone. They're nearly all gone, except for one or two, because they couldn't sustain it because mm. they went out like a bull in a game and then there was no substance in Ireland we have a saying that it's like fur coat and no knickers like it's like they look the part but they've got nothing underneath <laughs> I love that why don't we have that good saying <laughs> well you can have it now it's like it's but that's you know and it brings up an image straight away it's like yes. she's all flamboyant and this that and the other but she's yeah. like <laughs> It does. So, all right, so spray and pray. That's fantastic. I love that. How how can people correct that? Look, and and this is what happened when I went back to my mentor, and I always knew who's your ideal client, who's your avatar, and, you know, I knew in my head. Um, And I remember going back to him, and he asked the same question, and in my internal dialogue, oh, this bloody thing again. Um, but but the truth was, it's the single most effective thing I've done was to actually take the time and really work out who was my ideal client and how could I help her? And more than that, how can I communicate to her without telling her that I help her? Let me discover. And this is really important. So if they pay attention when they're in networking meetings or whatever, they can go into discovery and really listen for the answers. We shouldn't always be listening to answer because that's what we tend to do. We listen to answer instead of listening to hear. So I try and I don't always succeed at it, especially in, you know, your partner or whatever. But I do try and switch on that listening to hear what they're saying and um, find out where they are. Like, as I said, you know, go on to Google, what kind of questions are they asking? That's to do with what you do. Who is asking those, most of those questions? What kind of, so there's a little bit of work to do on it, but compared to the work I had done around it for many years, um, it was a lot less and it's still tweaking. I will still see or something now I have um, my avatar document that I add to it and then I review it about once a year and I'll tweak it and go yeah no it's not that it's actually a bit more of that so start a word document and do the work on who it is you help the most yeah and 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 get rid of that thought too and I had that thought is that if I target only one person I'm going to miss out on so many, and we've, we've yeah. it's not true. And because as you as you're talking to the ideal client, other people are listening. Like you just said, other people that are going to come in anyway. To use analogies again, I always use the analogy of a dartboard. Yeah, and if my ideal client is that little bullseye in the middle, and they have ten or twelve versions of I'm not good enough, they're going to find out I can't do this. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Whatever that is. And if you're always talking to that, if you look at the next ring out of that dartboard, they they might have seven of those same problems. Yeah. The next ring out, they may have five. Your outer ring, they might have three. Mm-hmm. So they're only going to see you when that becomes urgent to them. Yeah, I quite often call it the Panadol problem. <laughs> you know what? What is people? If people have a headache, right? Yeah. They just want something to fix the pain. Yeah. They just want something right there and then. I'm going out tonight with the girls. 
I want to have a laugh. So give me something to help me have a laugh. They don't always want the, um, just the fix. They want it for a reason. It's like people don't always want money. What do they want the money to do? Yeah. So when that problem becomes urgent and you have the right message, they will see you. So give them the Panadol so they can go out and have fun that night. And next time they'll go, okay, she gave me the Panadol so she can probably help me fix whatever it is that ails me so that I don't get the headache in the first place. Yep. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> See, this is this is your Irish coming out. You're making everything <laughs> so colourful and so... <laughs> so um, I love it. but So, you know, like a lot of people are really intimidated by the word marketing, you know, and they, they try to um, build it up to be something far more complex than it actually is. And we, we avoid it because it's like, oh, my God, the whole marketing thing, you know. But what is marketing specifically and how can we embrace it more? It's a great question and so spot on. Because I, I was the same. I was like, oh, this marketing. <laughs> but the truth is, marketing is everything you do before a sale. Yeah. End of story. Every relationship you build, every post you put up. People say, oh, I don't do marketing. Have you ever had a job in your life? Yeah, but then you marketed yourself to get the bloody job. <laughs> it's just a word. You're right. We, we have hung a huge amount of negative connotations onto this Market oh they're just marketers what <laughs> it's marketing especially in a business like ours so especially in um well it's it's for all businesses but when you're in an entrepreneurial world and you're building your business up marketing is every minute thing you do before sale and that's completely misunderstood and how can we embrace that more. How can we just say, oh, yeah, that's that's great. So every time I talk to someone on marketing, I love this marketing business. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. Sometimes you, you don't see it because you don't see it because you're in it. It's like you can't see the label of the bottle when you're inside it. Yeah. You can't. You just can't. So um, sometimes it is getting somebody else to help you with it. Like I would have told you five years ago, had you said to me, Carmel, you're going to do marketing, I would have told you I'm not a marketer's backside. <laughs> I had no idea um, until I started learning this. And I kind of go, I build relationships, I do whatever. That's all marketing. So it's about reframing it, but we sometimes can't reframe it. It's the same as, and I know you know this sort of thing, Karen. We've got annoyed with somebody because they've said something and, you know, six months down the track, they've said the same thing. And we're going, wow, that doesn't bother me. Because somewhere in our head, we've reframed that they're just being a nuisance yeah. rather than they're attacking me. Yeah. And that's just a way of reframing it. Everything in our life is stuff that we're making it mean. Yeah. How else do other people have different meanings for the same thing? If somebody raises their voice, for example, mm. one person might say, oh, I'm going to get beaten up. Another person might say, and they're probably Irish, party! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just everything has the meaning that we give it. So if marketing has a negative connotation to you, well, then you need to kind of open it up and look at it and go, well, how can I, and much better question is a how can I, how can I make this mean something different? Because it is a word. It's a few letters on paper. Yeah. And make make it, how can I make it different? But how can I make it fun? You know, I think that's another thing is how can right. I make it a bit of a challenge, you know? And, and every time you have a conversation with someone, marketing, <laughs> you know, just have a bit of have a bit of fun with it. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I don't even think that I'm marketing. Do you know what I mean? I don't even go, oh, I'm going to marketing today. Probably a little bit different than you. I'm just building my business. I am just helping people. I'm just whatever. But that actually is marketing. Yeah. So call it whatever the hell you like. Um, but at the end of the day, to get your message to the people who need it most so you can help them. And then, of course, a fair exchange, they can pay you um, in order to do it. Well, isn't that kind of the purpose of life, really? Because it's us to the purpose of life is to find joy and, and purpose and for it to have meaning to us. And if we can do that with our business as well, yeah. to me, that's a bloody win-win. I do too because um, what I read something fantastic. Yes, oh, people are 
people are dying to go to work. You, you know, and it's yes. kind of it was something. Or people are dying to be in yeah. corporate or something like that. And it was it was that you know how many people have heart attacks on a Monday morning, you know, because they're going to um, a job that they really hate. And as you say, imagine you you know that we're living a life of meaning and purpose, and we have a job that brings meaning and purpose. Like that's yeah. just. You know, that prevents all that kind of illness. It prevents yeah. that kind of stress. And I'm not going to say it's always a smooth run because, you know, you know, we, we all know that when you, especially when you're running your own business, you know, there's there's massive yeah. headaches. But I'd still rather have the massive headaches and feel and feel like I'm bringing meaning and, you know, change to people and I have a purpose. I'd still rather have the pain and the purpose than have, have yeah. nothing, you know, than just be gold. And... You know, people would say that to you too. Other people say, yeah, yeah, I would too. And I remember going, I ran an event in Ireland a few years ago, bucket list item, always wanted two years ago. Thank God I went then. And I remember, because every time I'd visit Ireland, certain people would say, oh my God, it's great when I chat to you. I wish you were here more often. I really want more of this stuff. So I ran it more as a, um, you know, a purposeful thing. It was for women and it was find your meaning and purpose, that, that kind of thing. And there was a few people in particular that had said these things that didn't show up. Mm. And I remember somebody said, oh, I'm so upset they didn't show up. And I said, no, 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 I know why they didn't. And they said, what do you mean? I said, to be able to complain and say, I wish it was better, I wish it was better, is a comfortable place for them. To actually have to do something about it is too uncomfortable. It's too outside their comfort zone right now. Yeah. So being unhappy where you are becomes comfortable because you're used to it. Yeah. And it's not to knock anyone or anything. That's just where they're at. And that's why only 3% of the world's population actually, and, you know, uh, people move in and out of it. But there's only 3% that are financially free. It's not an easy ride to work, but it's not an easy ride to run your own business either. Yeah. No, I know. I've got a saying in my book, you know, 97% of the world work for the 3% that took a chance or something. It's not, yes, it's not yeah, exactly that, yeah. but it's, it's very close to that, yeah. But that's so true. Like people come in and out of it. They say, why does it always stay at 3%? It's because some people go up and some people fall off it. And, and you have to look and go, well, what's different about that? Why can't I have it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a different way of thinking. And when you have a different way of thinking, you take different action and so on yeah. and so forth. And it's not even why can't I have it? Because you actually can have it. It's just a mind yeah. shift, isn't it? It's just a yeah. shift. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I've loved this. I've absolutely loved it. An hour goes very fast when I'm having fun talking to oh, is it an, hour? Oh an my Irish gosh. woman. That's- <laughs> I can't believe it's an error. <laughs> so I've got a couple, yeah. couple of, you know, I've got to ask you the, you know, the, the get off the bench question, right? It's, um, yeah. of course, the podcast is, you know, get off the bench to inspire people to take action and specifically believe in themselves, back themselves, yeah. let's go, you know, that sort of stuff. So let's say someone's trying to start up a, a side hustle or something like that, but they don't want to big note themselves because a lot of people think you know when I'm going to sell myself I've got a big note myself I've got to talk about myself what advice would you give them to be able to get around that just to be able to sell themselves get around that whole fear of talking about themselves well if they don't know how to do it they need to go to somebody who does they need to get some help they need to get a mentor or a coach or something like that that will guide them through that my, the reason I have my mentor is he's a multi-multi-millionaire. He's, I suppose, for one of an example, in the 3%, he's completely financially free. Yeah. And I go, I want some of that. Yeah. <laughs> How do I? Now, and business is just a vehicle you choose on the way. Yeah. So it's really, the, the first thing is making it simple if you're just starting and find out, well, what do I do and who does it help the most? Yeah. And who do I need help from to guide me through this? Hmm. That's simple. Because one of the best investments is making an investment in yourself. Yeah. And we do have to start talking about ourselves to some degree. Like we can't just sit in a corner and think that people are going to come to us. They're not going. Well, it's the same as the job. And, you know, one of the things, somebody mentioned it to me recently, actually, about making um We've seen certificates for different courses, you know, find a certificate template and actually start making a certificate for yourself 
for every new skill you learn. That's great. And make it a wall of progress. That's fantastic. Because we forget until you come two or three years, as I, I talked about the techie stuff there earlier. If you had to tell me to go into the back end of a website, like I've had that same website for 10, 11 years, told me to go into the back end of it, I would have dived for the hills. I would have gone anywhere rather than gone. I didn't even know how to log into it. And now I'm in there and I was messing around and moving things around and whatever like that. That I love that idea. So we'll find a nice one, you know, nice is going to make it look and make a wall of progress. So I could put up, I have the skill of video making. I have the skill of video editing for the other, you know, the the bigger boy of it. Um, I've done accidental podcasts. <laughs> the camera side didn't work, so we just had audio. But I was still able to edit it enough, use it as a podcast if I want. Like, there's so much. And if you can catch somebody to start them earlier, go, every time you learn a new skill, just make yourself a little certificate. I love that. I'd have to put mine in a book because I haven't got enough wall space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon if I sat down and did it, I would possibly be the same. Maybe we can just put the advanced certificate. Yeah. But even that, it's 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 a good reminder of how far you've come. I agree. Because we, it does, um, I mentioned it earlier, that unconscious competence, it goes into, it's like driving a car. When you first get in, it's like mirror. And if you're manual, it's like yes. clutch, brake, blah, blah, blah. Now, I sometimes drive from here to somewhere and go, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> I gotta, I've nearly, it's such an unconscious pathway, I've forgotten. Yeah. So what that happens is, and I'm sure you know this, Karen, that only takes this tiny little bit of your brain. Whereas when you're learning a new thing, it takes so much brain space in that moment. So they just keep going down. So then you forget that you know how to do it. You just do it. So that unconscious competence. And I find so many people like yourself, Karen, that have built business and, you know, are doing it over the years. And somebody comes back and says, oh, that's great. Show me how to do that. Like you with the team building, you're going, what? What what are you talking about? Because yeah. it's exactly what they need, but you've got to push it away because you're able to do it standing on your head. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And you've got some um, workshops coming up. You, like, you've always got workshops and courses on your, on your website and that sort of stuff. And have you got something coming up uh, soon? That- well, I've just done a workshop uh, last Saturday, actually. I just did a workshop on how to make shut up and give me your money videos. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just make normal video um the next one is a couple of months away but you can hop on the website we do have them there that are pre-recorded that you can actually purchase anyway but also i do some one-on-one intensive if somebody's in a hurry and they want it it's like come on i'll show you we'll get those videos out and or i'll make some videos for them whichever is um they're whichever hurry that they're in. <laughs> i love it and you've got a retreat yeah. coming up too in um yeah, in Perth, I think, in the hill, in the hill. Well, well, maybe we have to wait and see. <laughs> so we have had our first retreat was in Tassie. We've had a couple in Perth now, so that's usually an all-inclusive retreat. But it's more of a business slash um, marketing retreat. So where we get in there and we actually unhook your message and make sure we get your core message. We get you making a video. The participants all walked away with a video. We did it with the green screen in the background. And then we put the non-techie person, remove the green screen and actually put in whatever logo or whatever they wanted behind. So they left with a really schmicko, um, ready-to-go movie, video, video, Carmel, um, ready-to-go. So that retreat is kind of on a maybe depending on what happens with the environment we find ourselves in but they are usually in November yeah fantastic fantastic but all that stuff's on the website so the my last my last um little dab here is where can people find you so tell us about the website LinkedIn communication pages <laughs> so um yeah it is www.thecommunicationqueen.com.au or LinkedIn or I am all over Facebook as well and Instagram so Carmel Murphy. Um, you can find me anywhere. 
I'm not the girl in New Zealand though. But yeah, if you go into Facebook, just private message me. I always have, I'm very fortunate to have a, an amazing VA that works with me too. So I'm not going to sit here and profess that I'm on social media every two minutes watching for your message. Um, but my VA will certainly let me know if a message has come in as well. So she's um, she's the person that backs me up. I'm very fortunate. I work with another young girl called Sarah, who's a copywriter too. So there's a whole team of us here. That's fantastic. And you, you also, don't you have a YouTube channel? You got all your oh, yes. for feck's sake videos <laughs> on my for for feck's sake marketing adventures with Carmel. Uh, the YouTube channel originally started as a place to store videos because somebody told me very wisely never delete any of your content, always save it. So where can I save it? So I put it in YouTube, and then discovered I had a hundred videos there, and I went oh. So um, we've spruced it up a little bit, and then um, a lot of. I love, like yourself, talking to people. And I went, oh, well, how can I do that? So we developed for feck's sake marketing adventures. So feck is a word you can say um, in Ireland in front of your parents. It's not actually a swear word. <laughs> but everything is, ah, for feck's sake. And um, it was brought to mind for marketing, specifically for tips, insights, maybe things I've tried and haven't worked or things that have worked, and also to interview some amazing people that we can see their journey and where were their mistakes in their marketing or what would they do that was different and that sort of thing. So, yeah, so that's all on YouTube as well. But you're so right about, you know, other people's journeys. It's so valuable to listen to other people's journeys because, and particularly not to go, oh, they're so successful, you know, maybe I could do that, but to actually learn the mistakes because, I, you know, every successful person has a ton of mistakes that they've made. And, you know, if yeah. any of us get up there and say, oh, I've got this great business, it's fantastic, and, you know, I've had this smooth run, you're, you're a bullshit artist because it never <laughs> works like that. <laughs> they're a fur coat, no and you're so you're so right. And I think even more than that is when you get to see people or hear their voices, like with the podcast, you actually get the opportunity to connect with them. Yeah. So you get the opportunity to build that know, like and trustability as well. Yeah. And as you would know, you've been on um, my show as well. Um, I quite often go without letting the people know what the questions are being. So it shows that there's a bit of care. I'm not just asking these bullet point questions, just as you've done today. So it gets people to know, like, and trust me, but they can sit themselves into that other person. So like you and I had something in common, obviously both having lost sisters, for example. So the minute I heard you say that, I was like, oh, yes, she's like me. And if she can do it, so can I. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very, very powerful. And that's another way with video. Another last thing about video, if you do videos like that interview or you would know podcast, you can make so much content in one video. Yep. Oh, my God. You can make little quotes out of it and quote cards. You can make a podcast out of it. You can make a blog out of it. It's only one video. Yep. Yeah. Just you were just making me think that today. I'm thinking, geez, you've said so many great little little things. That were, <laughs> I need to go back and listen again and pull them all out. <laughs> well, you know, you know what you need to do. One last tip is you need to put it into Otter. I'm sure you've heard of Otter. Yep. Yeah. So you can actually import the video into Otter and it brings up the whole lot. And for me, then I can scan and go, that'll be a good quote. That'll be a good quote. Hop onto Canva. See the non-takey person, hop onto Canva and um, make some nice image with your brand colours, with that quote, and put it out there. Fantastic. Just so cool. Yeah. There's so many things. Well, guys, get on over to um, Carmel's pages, all of them, even the ones that she's forgotten, the, like the YouTube one, <laughs> and start following along. But, I, Carmel, I have absolutely loved this, love this chat, and you're just a, you're a bloody gem. I, I love you. I have from the minute I bloody met you. <laughs> and I just got this. Uh, Karen, same, same. It's been amazing. I think we could talk probably for two hours. Yeah, I reckon if, we, if I come to Perth, I think it'll be a, a long night in an Irish bar. 
Hey, mate, I know a few of them. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for, you know, blessing us with this information. You've made marketing seem so much more simple, you know, and I just hope people start to embrace it, including myself. I need to be, you know, more embracing of it. But I, I, you, I just love you. You're just, you're full of, full of <laughs> gems, full of wisdom, gold nuggets, and, and you've got a heart of gold, and that's, you know, Thank you. you got your- thank you so much, Karen. You can only see what you have in yourself. Well, thank you. I just don't have the Irish pot of gold yet, so I'm going to try, <laughs> I'm going to try and find <laughs> Just watch out for the rainbow and the yeah. leprechauns. The leprechauns can be vicious little buggers. <laughs> I'm going with the unicorn, uh, unicorn rainbows, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, my darling. So and um, we'll catch up with you soon. Yes, thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank you, you too. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Oh, guys, how was that? I absolutely love Carmel. I love the Irish accent. It kind of gets me all excited. I do expect the joke to come out all the time, but it doesn't. But she's got such a great heart, such a great sense of humour, and I love her simplicity in in explaining what marketing is and the way she goes about it and the way she just puts it out there. And I love that she said she doesn't give a toss what anybody thinks of her. That is great. But she runs, you know, as she said, she runs these video workshops and all kinds of things. So get onto her website and have a look. It's thecommunicationqueen.com.au. Follow her on Facebook and connect with her on LinkedIn and Insta and all that kind of stuff. And please don't be scared of marketing. It's it, it has been one of my biggest barriers is, you know, who's my ideal client? Who am I marketing to? I don't like to sell myself. I don't like to say all this stuff. And like she says, marketing is everything you do before the sale. And so if you just like building relationships, if you just like chatting with people, if you just like doing good things for people and providing good service, that's already marketing. And, and one of the biggest things is, you know, on key with your branding is, is be all the time what you say you are. You know, don't try and fake it because people people know they can actually see through it. But anyway, Carmel is amazing to follow. So get get on and have a good look at her stuff and look at some of the um, YouTube clips that she's got on there as well. And anyway, I hope this has been, I don't know, inspiring to, to make you think, uh, in, a, in a not so fearful way about marketing and just, you know, get out there, just say your message and just just sell yourself in it. Just do it in a nice way. Just be you. And people love it when you just be you. So anyway, that's it. Thank you very much for joining me every week. I so appreciate it. And follow Carmel and I will see you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.